Talking Real Estate with Maples Teasdale, the law firm where real estate really matters. Hello and welcome. I'm Sarah Green of Council in the commercial property team at Maples Teasdale, and you are listening to Talking Real Estate with Maples Teasdale. Today, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. We won't really be talking about real estate. Instead, I'm going to be speaking with my colleague, Charles Elgood, who is also of counsel in the commercial property team here, about his experience of furlough. Charles has been at Maples Teasdale for just over five years and has been a commercial property lawyer in London since 2002. Hi, Charles. Hi, Sarah. It's good to be here. We are recording this in late September, and although it's still a very odd time in the world, generally, and definitely in the city of London where the firm is based, both you and I are back at work and have been for the past few weeks. That's right. And it is still weird, isn't it? I came into town in July and it was all pretty dead. Well, completely dead. I dragged the children around to show them what empty London looked like. I could probably still do that now. It just feels very, very empty. Yeah, I'd agree. The Tube is definitely a more pleasant place to be at the moment, (laughs) for sure, (laughs) which is uh, ironic. But previous to that, both Charles and I had some voluntary time away from the office over the summer on furlough. Furlough wasn't really something either of us planned for. No, I think if you look at, you know, let's think about New Year this year. Did we think we would be spending four months looking after our children? Probably not. No, entirely unexpected. But we made those decisions, obviously, for our own reasons. And I think that we're both pretty grateful to the firm that we had the opportunity to do that, really. It was a mutual benefit, of course, though, wasn't it? We realised that um, there would be definite upsides for us. But I don't think it's a secret to say that work levels dropped off for the firm. And so actually for the firm not to have to worry so much about paying our salaries meant that it was a win-win situation. So it worked well for everyone, I think. So what did you actually do during furlough, Charles? I know, but for the benefit of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Probably something similar to you. In short, I looked after our children. So I've got a son, Casper, who is five and a daughter, Iona, who is three. The slightly longer answer involves tales of homeschooling, keeping them occupied, getting out of the house during lockdown, keeping them away from my wife who was working from home and catering for the family. So to an extent, I guess, doing what a lot of stay-at-home parents would be doing, but with the added challenges of living in uh, in COVID times. Yeah. And was that your first experience of doing full-time childcare? I think the closest I've come to it before would be when my wife goes off to have a haircut at the weekend, which doesn't really count. I think that's a, you know maybe five hours I, I, it gets stretched to. So yes, this was my first experience of doing that. I have to say, I, I think I'd previously been slightly jealous of my wife having had maternity leave, where she got to spend that time with the children, which was probably part of the reason why I was more enthusiastic to go on furlough so that I could um, have my turn at doing that. Yeah, well, I did very similar. I have um, two boys, uh, Max, who is six tomorrow, actually. It's his last day being five today. And Henry, who is nearly four, he's three. So I have very similar age children, but two boys. So I don't like to generalize, but I think uh, the families I know with two boys, there's definitely a very high level of energy in the house at all times. Unless, of course, I've managed to put the TV on or give them the iPad for the allocated amount of time. It wasn't my first experience of doing full-time childcare because I have had, obviously, two maternity leaves. But it's quite different, isn't it? With maternity leave, I think particularly for your first child, if you have a year off, your child is naught years old. 
I love my children dearly, but I think it's fair to say that when they were not yet one, they weren't the most entertaining and exhilarating of children to be around. My wife's experience of second maternity leave with Casper therefore being, uh, he was about two, going three, was more interesting in that respect for her. So our experience of being on furlough with five and three-year-olds would actually be quite different, I'm guessing, for you. Mm. I think the biggest difference, I think, is just the lack of you know activities and and escape routes i think when you're on maternity I, I was the kind of person who very much needed to get out of the house every single day so i had you know monday swimming tuesday baby sensory wednesday coffee with the girls you know all of this kind of stuff so i could still kind of have a very active life obviously not for the first, immediate first few weeks but definitely you know as they get a bit older the babies but there was just nowhere to go and nothing to do. And, so, and that was definitely one of the challenges, wasn't it? That particularly, you know, you've got a husband at home as well. So you actually needed to be out of the house because, frankly, the children either were going to interrupt the working parents or just generally be making enough noise that they were going to be a distraction. So you needed to get out. But certainly with the rules when lockdown first came in, you were only allowed out once a day to do exercise. So it was pretty tricky. Yeah. I think it did become easier as the rules were relaxed. Yeah, even the playgrounds opening, initially they'd been all locked up. That really scuppered your options, I thought. Mm. By the end of a few weeks, my boys just stopped wanting to go out as well. They just seemed to have created this mentality that they just wanted to be at home. So I'd be like, come on, let's go for a walk. And they were just like, no, I want to play with my Lego. And as time went on, you kind of saw that they were just almost just completely adapting to the situation that their expectations to leave the house had just gone away, which, you know, helped in lots of ways, but also was kind of sad to see. But as you say, once things started to open up, they kind of got their desire to go to playgrounds back again. And, you know, that was nice. So was it, you know, what you expected? We didn't have much time to think about it. I, I must say, we just kind of made these decisions when we needed to. And, but when you said, yes, I'm going to go on furlough, was it what you expected or was it entirely different? Because of the changing situation with the virus, it was really difficult to know what it was going to look like. I mean, in one sense, I was signing up to looking after the children. That was going to be my main job. And so was that what I expected? Yes, I, I looked after the children. I think there were things that I learned or noticed that I, despite my son being five, I probably hadn't picked up on before. So in that respect, it wasn't entirely as I expected because there were new aspects to it, unexpected elements to it. And what do you think that you learned from the whole experience? Well, it's actually interesting. You were, you were talking about your boys you know, not wanting to go out. Casper in particular just loves drawing and colouring. So he would quite happily do that. And I, I don't think I'd fully fathomed that he would rather be doing that than, like you were saying with your boys, rather than going out and climbing climbing frames, which to some extent made things easier. So his love of drawing, even though he hates writing, was interesting. Whereas Iona, the, the thing I most noticed about her was she cannot make a decision. I know she's three. It's not necessarily reasonable for me to expect much, but do you want strawberry yogurt or apricot yogurt? And she would just defer to her brother, Casper, what are you going to do? Which is quite funny. I think that's a younger sibling thing. And my Henry does that as well. He will choose the worst option if that's the option that Max is taking as well. You know, do you want ice cream or no ice cream? Oh, is Max having ice cream? No. Oh, well, I won't have any either. And I just think, <laughs> that's very sweet. They're crazy. <laughs> they are crazy. But I think the other thing that I, I learned was quite how hard childcare can be. Again, the times that we're in make it a particular challenge. 
but I think I probably hadn't appreciated the hard work that it would be for our nanny. So we had had a nanny who would be working 10 hours a day looking after Iona. I think she had basically half a morning where she didn't have to look after her. And it's hard work. You've got to come up with things to do. You've got to keep them entertained. The level of organisation as well. If you're going out for the day to think, right, what's the weather going to be like? What are we going to eat? What emergencies might there be? Making sure you're equipped for everything. That was a real learning exercise for me. Because previously you'd kind of given that role to your wife slightly in terms of packing bags. I would say in our household, it wasn't that she took on that role and I refused to do it. It's just that's a role that she seemed to be better equipped at and did a better job than me. So that, that's just how it fell. And it was really satisfying towards the end. I, th- I think that we were out and someone spilled coffee or something and Julia said, oh, they're, they're, we haven't got any wipes. And I was thinking, pull that out of the rucksack. You may not have wipes, but I've got wipes here. <laughs> um, so that's been quite satisfying to think that I've got better at being a prepared dad. So that's definitely been um, something that I've learned about. That's good. From my perspective, my learning takeaways were probably more just generally how to spend a day with the children and without using the crutches of planning trips places, you know, saying, okay, well, today we're going to go to this museum or we're going to go to a farm or something, which is obviously really nice. But I think when you don't have any of that stuff, you just kind of learn to take the day a bit slower and, you know, not rush. So just take longer over things, take longer over breakfast, take longer over reading. And then now we actually can go and do all these other things. I found I'm less terrified if when I look in the diary, we don't have anything for the entire weekend. I think, okay, it's okay. (laughs) Yeah. We can still go to the playground or we can still go on a drive or go somewhere, but we don't have to have play dates and activities every single section of the weekend, you know. And obviously that's a, that's a good money saver as well. <laughs> I've managed to realise that. Probably going to save hundreds of pounds. And part of the other challenge I, I found myself facing was I knew that this was going to be a one-off. Well, I, I certainly assume furlough isn't going to get repeated anytime soon. So I really wanted everything to be really special. But you can't have four months of every day being special. So you just have to make make the every day feel special, even if that's only to me to think I'm not going to have this opportunity again. Try to really enjoy and engage with, for example, Casper when he's drawing some nonsense. Try to delve into it as to what's, what on earth is going on in, in his head when he's drawing something that makes absolutely no sense to anyone else but himself. And how did the children react to you being around so much when you, you first went off? You were saying that your children adapted really quickly, and I think that's that's what children are like. I think that mine got used to it very quickly. I Frankly, everything is all a bit weird at the moment, so this was just an extra bit of weirdness to throw into the mix. They got used to it. At the, at the end of it, uh, so Casper had his first day at school a few weeks ago, and he came back and gave me a hug and said, Daddy, I, I miss spending time with you today. So that's how, how used he had got to it. I was kind of disappointed on the other end of the scale. I was disappointed that Iona would still run to mummy, particularly when I did something to upset her because she'd done something to upset me, probably. Um, I had hoped that that she w- would be, become a bit more dependent on me or like spending time with me a bit more. And I didn't necessarily see that. So that felt a bit disappointing. But she certainly didn't find it a problem that I was the one responsible for her. That was a relief. What about your boys? I don't think they really wanted to change, to be honest. I think they were used to before all of this, you know, me going into the office four days a week and having one day with them because I don't work a Wednesday. Now they got used to me being around the whole time and they kind of take a bit of 
umbrage when I decide to go into the office, you know, if I do go to the office a couple of days a week or they don't mind if I'm working, but they would just rather I was working at home. Because <laughs> I was going to ask, have you found it difficult when you're working from home now? They've got so used to you being at home and not working that actually that's quite difficult for them. No, I think they're okay because we have our nanny back and she's quite clear with them that I'm working. And for my part, I do try to kind of avoid coming downstairs at all if I can so that they don't get tempted to try and kind of play with me and whatnot. They've been fine. There was a couple of times where they did say, when are you going to go back to work? You know, when are you going to go? And I think, I don't know whether it was just they were, <laughs> they were sick of me, which potentially it could have been, or whether they were just kind of wanting their normality back. I don't know. They kind of don't want me to go, but they also probably there's something quite reassuring about things going a little bit more back to normal. We all crave a bit of normality, don't we? Well, that's half the thing, isn't it, going into the office? That is that. And that's a realisation that I had as well about in all of this, was that there are perks to being in the office. I think we all assume that working from home is going to be this panacea where everything's awesome. You know, it's not just furlough that teaches us that that's not the case. Um, anyone who's been working from home, as so many people have been, will, will know that that's, that's true. I think that there are aspects of being in the office I probably hadn't appreciated as the positives that they are. Probably the most surprising of which was I actually quite like my commute. Mm. <laughs> what I really missed with furlough was me time where I just got to sit down and I could read a book. It just felt that I had the most demanding clients who weren't paying me anything after my time all the time. So actually... The office certainly has its upsides and certainly when you read these articles about you know, the death of the offices and so on, I certainly hope that's not going to be the case. Yes, I agree. I think I was keen after furlough, I was keen to get back to see people or people that are here and just to have that office environment. I think some people never work in an office their whole working life, do they? But when you're a lawyer and you've been doing it quite a while and you're used to that, that's your kind of comfortable place to be. Yeah even though it can be quite a stressful place at certain times, it's also all you've ever known. So it's, it makes sense that you kind of gravitate back towards it when you're allowed to. What do you think you enjoyed most about furlough? Any highlights or kind of moments that stick in your memory? I think probably just knowing that our children were being looked after the way that I wanted it to be. We had had a nanny and she did a great job. The children love her. She loves the children. Yeah, I'll say everything positive that I can. But at the end of the day, she's not their mum. It was great that I could just be doing everything the way that I wanted to be. Yeah, there's some obvious stuff. It was great not to have to have work in the background of my mind. And I've realised even in the three weeks that I've been back that sometimes I will wake up in the night. And it's not that I'm overly stressed about things, but my brain just starts going and thinking about things that are going on at work. And not having that at all was great. I probably did sleep better. It meant that we could just be spending the time with the children, sorry, I could be spending the time with the children without having any of that background concern, which is great. It's really obvious. That was certainly a big highlight. Yeah. Particular instances of highlights were probably when we did make the special effort to go out for a day. Like we were saying before, you, you can't make every day special. So the best examples of good days out that we had were when we went to the zoo, which was your idea. So thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. I mentioned it before when we came into London and just wandered around this desolate place. Now, I'm not sure how much they necessarily enjoyed that, but I took loads of photos. And I think hopefully in years to come, as normality resumes, we'll be able to look back on that and just think that was a crazy, weird time. 
quite enjoyed being like the only three people on the Millennium Bridge. Yeah, that is crazy. Hopefully a once in a lifetime situation. Thankfully, the weather was on the whole. When I look back, I kind of just see sunny days. So I think a lot of my memories will be just you know, spending the days in the garden. We were lucky enough to have a garden and, you know, with the paddling pool out and just, you know, spending days doing that. It's guilt-free as well, isn't it? Yeah. I'm sure there are some people who are working from home who might have sought to work from the garden. Maybe the Wi-Fi connection isn't great out there, but they'll just sort of fudge it through. Whereas we could be outside and not have to worry about it, enjoy that sunshine. Yeah. It was great that the weather was as it was. I mean, even this weekend where the, the weather seems to have turned cold, I just thought, Imagine it was like this for four months. Yeah, so if we go into a lockdown for winter, that's just such a different ball game. You know, I think everyone got a bit obsessed with keeping everything and, and recycling. And, oh, I mean, maybe it was just in my house, but we would just keep all the egg boxes, all the toilet rolls. And I would just think, okay, what could we do with these things? You know, like this could be an activity, something we could do. And there was one afternoon where we spent the whole afternoon making characters from Frozen using toilet roll innards, you know? That's quite impressive. I wouldn't know where to start with that. Yeah, I know. I'm pretty good at it now. And egg boxes. We kept them on the side, these works of art, for weeks and weeks and weeks. But how do you get rid of them? That, that, that's, that's the real problem. At what point will your children accept that that is rubbish that can go out? You don't want to keep that forever. <laughs> just wait till they're distracted by a new toy and then just while they're sleeping, just in the bin. Casper and I were working on making an octopod, which I know you know what that is, but that I'm sure some of our listeners won't out of a cardboard box and it is sitting behind the sofa waiting for a time when when I can get rid of it but unfortunately every so often he does spot it and then wants to pull it out I mean there's nothing special about it and he's got a proper octopod upstairs but he he likes the fact that this is something that he and I made which is lovely I, I do like that what about the opposite end of the spectrum what were the horror moments what did you find difficult and, and we're both going to say school aren't we <laughs> yep yep <laughs> Actually, the other end of that, the 1st of June, when they went back to school, I I dropped Casper off. The happiness of the children, but also those parents that at the school gate, it was wonderful. Again, that's not unique to us being on furlough, of course, is it? The, The schools closing down was hard. I am not a teacher. My wife is not a teacher. Hats off to the school. They did a great job of giving us material. It didn't detract from the fact that Casper, historically, has seen school as where he does his work and home where he does not do his work so it was a real challenge and I think we still have that now he's starting to get homework that actually you sometimes have to do some work at home that was hard going I think that I've touched on some of the things already just finding things to do particularly trying to get out of the house wanting it to be special but you can't do that going to the zoo we went twice And they were probably the occasions where I managed to let myself down in terms of organisation, which yeah, I prided myself on earlier in in this chat. The first time we were walking along from having got the bus and it started to rain. And I thought, I have nothing here. I have no umbrella. I have no waterproof coats. We're wearing T-shirts. What am I going to do? Um, and so that that was a fairly uncomfortable moment, but it it was fine. We went to the gorilla enclosure on on advice, and that that was covered, so we were fine. The second time we went, I got to the front desk, and they scanned my ticket and said that was for yesterday. Oh no! <laughs> I've spent an hour getting here, and I only booked these tickets last night after the zoo closed. How could I do that? 
And the other thing that I managed to do was give Iona a phobia of escalators. It's almost funny to think about it now, but when we were going to the zoo that first time, I thought Casper would be fine. So I sort of said, right, I'll get onto this escalator with our two scooters, our three rucksacks and Iona. I managed to do that. And then Casper just completely froze at the bottom of the escalator while we're going up. And I'm sort of trying to half run back down the going up escalator, carrying all of this kit while Casper's sort of getting more and more upset that I'm getting further away. So then the next escalator we went on later that day, I thought, well, okay, fine, I'll get Iona onto the escalator and then I'll help Casper get on. But then Iona managed to decide she wanted to turn around and walk down the escalator and she fell over. That That's fairly minor in the scheme of things. But to be honest, it was all, other than those little things, it was all pretty good, actually. Did you have any nightmares? I don't think anything quite like that. I think it was mainly just small battles related to homeschooling and just how much I can now appreciate that I'm not a teacher. And I, my, my father's a teacher, but I have not inherited any of the, the patience that goes with that. And I actually felt sometimes that it was better just to do nothing because I felt like the way I was doing it was detrimental. I think if you're impatient with a child who's like, because our, our boys are just learning to read, if you're impatient with them, you're going to make them less happy to read in the future. And I just was like, this is going to be bad. So we did some reading and some writing, but everything else I just I just kind of left. Um, but yeah, and then we were lucky enough, obviously, that our boys were in reception. So they went back in June, which was great. And then since they've gone back in September, Max is just absolutely, you know, he's so happy. He runs in every day and it's just so nice to see. And I feel like even over the last four, they've only been back like three and a half weeks. Like his reading has progressed so much more. It's just unbelievable. It's like, I cannot even praise teachers enough. Well, and, and I think that's the other thing related to what I was saying about how hard the nannies work. Um, but actually teachers do a fantastic job as well. And that, that was something else that I, I came to realise through, particularly through the homeschooling process, was actually schools perhaps more these days than when, when I was growing up. They don't just deal with everything for you and you as a parent sit back and go, right, okay, they're learning at school and I don't need to do anything more. I just hadn't picked up on that really. So we're doing more at home in terms of reinforcing the learning that he's getting, which then means we're trying to engage much more in what the school is teaching. So that's been really helpful because otherwise there would be a danger that they'd be falling behind their contemporaries. So I think this next question, I think I know the answer is that you didn't, but uh, did you uh, start or restart any hobbies during furlough? <laughs> no, I, I would have loved to have done. But I, if anything, I, I lost my habit of going to the gym for obvious reasons. Maybe it's the the way that I am the, the or the way that I, I ran my day, that it just didn't feel as though there was that much time for me to get on and, and do something different um, and frankly at the end of the day it was you know absolutely knackered and I'd rather just veg in front of the telly for for an hour one thing I, that I my, my wife encouraged me to notice about myself was when I would have some free time of whatever nature whether that's just because the children are actually happily eating their supper and I don't have to be spoon feeding I would resort to my phone surf around and faff around on that for a while Mm. And my wife noticed it because it tended to be when she came into the room and the, she would therefore sort of take responsibility. That's what I would end up doing. So she then had this impression that I would spend a whole load of my day just surfing around on my phone. But so I, I think I, I became aware that actually I can use my phone as a time filler pretty pointlessly. And actually, would it not be much better to like sit down and 
chat with these children. That was something that I, that I noticed about myself, but that's completely deviated from your question. So you, you were talking about hobbies. Did I start? Well, any- you said you, you're basically yeah. stopping a hobby there. You yeah. To stop using a phone so much. So I think that I do get what you're saying. I think when you've been, had the children on your own and then the, your partner comes in, I think it's easy to be like, I'm going to have a bit of a breather now and look at your phone. And I, th- I think that's fine. To us, you don't want to be doing it for hours, but I definitely think there's no harm in it for a little while. Yeah, but you picked up something new, didn't you? Well, not during furlough. My eldest, I decided I'd like him to start piano because I never did piano. I did the flute and I I would really have loved to. So he started piano and then the teacher said to me, oh, if you you want, I can teach you. So yeah, so he's having lessons on a Friday afternoon and I'm having a lesson after, which is really nice. And actually I've only done it for two weeks, but it's fast becoming my favorite part of the week, really, or one of my favorite parts of the week. It's like just concentrating on something for 45 minutes, something new. It's exhausting. Are you practicing though? That's when I was at school and did music, my failing was that I never bothered to practice. It's not just finding that 45 minutes in the day on a Friday to do the lesson. You've got to find time to practice. Sorry if I'm bursting your bubble, yeah, and, and making you realise it's it's not just a lesson that does it all. <laughs> no, I was the same when I was a child. I would always leave it to the very last minute to practice my flute and if I had an exam coming up, I'd like leave it to the week before. But um, I'm not planning on doing exams. I'll just see how much practicing I can do and do it to enjoy it, really. But yeah, you're right. If Unless you practice, you're not really going to progress very well. But um, And the same with Max. I'm, at the moment, I'm not pressuring him to do too much practicing because he's only six, you know, five, six. So we will see. So what did you miss about work the most, Charles? The people in terms of the individuals themselves, but also grown-up conversations. I'm sure that people struggle with this just doing the whole working from home thing, but actually you, you're still interacting with adults. Obviously with that sometimes comes frustration as well, but I did miss out on that adult conversation and sort of keeping up with people that I've become friends with in the office. Another cliche, I'm afraid, but actually doing something that stretches my brain a bit more than thinking about what snacks are we going to need when we leave the house and we're going to still be out at three o'clock in the afternoon. Doing the legal work and using my brain a bit um, was something that I, that I also missed. Um, the other thing was the surprise of the com- uh, missing the commute, just having that that time to myself. I therefore appreciate all of those things just that little bit more. But I'll ask me in a month or two if I'm still appreciating them. <laughs> and you've found the transition of kind of getting back to work, getting kids back to school has gone smoothly okay yeah it's it's so far so good what's slightly difficult is i've now got very used to home rather like casper i was saying before home is where i look after the children and so now i'm working from home oh wait i'm not looking after the children i've got to do some work that's sometimes a bit of a shift in my mindset i catch myself on i've been coming into the office a couple of days a week which has helped with that process to make sure that i'm kind of bedding down and yeah i am back at work i'm working that also coming in has addressed those issues in terms of catching up with people and having grown-up conversations during the day. I, know I can speak to my wife as well, but actually having a, a bit more variety. So far, that's gone pretty well. Both the children are now at uh, full-time school and we've got someone who's doing the pickup and then looking after the children. So thus far, it's worked well. Has all of this given you a, any kind of different perspective on breaks from work? And do you think you would do it again if you needed to? From a selfish perspective, would I do it again? Yes. You know, you could hear the pause there, couldn't you, as I thought about it? Yeah, it was great. But is that realistic? Probably not. And would it work for my employer as well? Would Maples be happy to do it? Last time it was a win-win. 
I think it would have to be win-win again. So yeah, I'd do it again if it worked for everyone. I think that in terms of breaks from work, when I first came back, it was like coming back to the office after holiday. I don't, you know, I may be alone in this, but I think that I'm fairly lethargic and I just need a bit of oomph to get back up and running again when I've been away for a week or two. I've been away for four months. That was massively amplified and there was just that inertia to get going. I'm kindly, I didn't have a barrage of work to deal with straight away. It's been building up. It's made me realise that if it's particularly going to be people who are coming back from maternity leave, they've been off for 12 months. Actually coming back to the office is it's a big shake-up to your life. It's quite a shift in your mindset. So I think I'm probably more sympathetic. And I think particularly for someone coming back from mat leave, they're probably the only person coming back at that time. Whereas when we came back, there were several of us who were coming back. So our professional sport lawyer gave us a training session on some of the things that had changed. She sent us some emails about here are the updates, the things that you, you'll have missed. If you've been on mat leave, does that happen? I genuinely don't know, but I would now be more concerned to make sure that that kind of help is put in place. Because otherwise, I think you've got that whole shock to the system and you're slightly flailing around. Mm. And giving people a little bit of breathing room if they need it, not giving them all their work on their first day back. <laughs> uh, and, and again, perhaps staggering it over a couple of weeks is probably sensible if that can be done. Obviously, when I came back from my second maternity, I actually started here at Maple Seed Cells. So I went into a new job, which in a way you might think is actually a lot harder, but it's very, I find it quite similar because you have been away for that long that you are having to get back. Even if you're going back to the place you've worked before, it can take a little while to get used to everything. And just starting somewhere new, it was quite similar. I mean, obviously the big difference was not knowing the people, but the people here are so nice that it was all fine. Easy. And do you think that, yeah, it was easy, yeah. And do you think that uh, this furlough experience has made you look at your career any differently? I don't think my career so much as sort of working per se, you know, being in the office. I've already mentioned some of the things that I have realised now were benefits and positives that I previously hadn't appreciated. Just having the time to look something up on the internet without being distracted by a screaming child or finding that your daughter is biting your son. You know, there are things that are much easier um, to do in, a, in the office working environment. I think probably not so much my career as actually my parenting. Actually, I've talked about the school's expectations as to our involvement in what's going on. I think that that's something that I'm working on, I need to change. So time is required to really feel that we're getting to grips with what is going on with our children at school. And I think that's time worth spending, but it's finding that time. So I think there may be an impact on how I think about work-life balance. Would I look at doing something like you've done in terms of not working full-time? That might be something to consider. Mm -hmm. I think that for me, it kind of reinforced my view on the way that I am already doing things. And I work three days over, spread over four. And I think that works really well. And actually being off doing full-time childcare has made me appreciate being able to have both. I definitely think, you know, feel very lucky that I can come back and, and, and still do some of the school pickups, still have my day off, but then still do the kind of work I'm wanting to do at somewhere that I like. So, um, it made me look at my career in a different perspective, which was more of a, a thankful and kind of grateful perspective, but whether I've got it to where I want it to be after many years of it being somewhere else. So, yeah. Well, it's, I mean, yeah. from that perspective, you've got the best of both worlds, really. And I, I guess that is something to which I would aspire that I can have the work whilst also making sure that that is in no way 
sacrificing the time that I get to spend with my children. Yeah, that's the dream. (laughs) Okay, well, I think we've reached the end of this discussion on furlough. And thanks, Charles, for giving us such an honest and open insight into your experience. That's my pleasure. Thank you for sharing yours. And uh, thank you for joining us and for listening to Talking Real Estate with Maples Teasdale. Goodbye. Goodbye.